Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Divisional Round episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. I apologize that uh, it is coming out a couple days later than uh, the podcast has usually come out during the NFL season, but I wanted to make sure uh, that props were available so I could uh, give all my picks out all in one go. Last week uh, on the podcast, I only had my picks out uh, for the sides and totals uh, for wildcard weekend. I ended up having to put my props out in a separate article later on in the week. I didn't want to do that again. Uh, so I decided to wait uh, an extra extra day or two to release everything all at once. So this week's episode, not only do I have my best bet on a side or total for all four divisional round games, I also have my best player prop for all four divisional round games and my best anytime touchdown bet for all four divisional round games. So four games, 12 bets total, four times. Three times four. Quick mental math there. Whoo, good thing I'm in sports betting. Uh, so I got a lot of picks to get through today. Quick recap, though, before I get into that uh, of my wild card weekend picks. Uh, I went uh, seven and five overall. If you only listened to my side and total plays from the weekend, I went three and three. I did a little bit better uh, with my player props, which I tweeted out in an article later on uh, in the week. But just to recap, and I started off super strong. Monday kind of killed me uh, right at the end. Uh, Texans plus two and a half that went that one Jerome Ford. I think actually my favorite winner that I had all weekend, uh, was Jerome Ford under 44 and a half rushing yards. Uh, that wasn't even close. That was, uh, the, one of the easier wins of the weekend lost the dolphins. I'm going to talk about them in a second. Uh, hit Pacheco over rushing yards, hit the over and Packers Cowboys hit Aaron Jones over rushing yards, lost Rams money line, got greedy, should have just taken the points. Uh, I'm hoping, uh, people who tailed that pick. Uh, listening to it was smarter than me and just took Rams in the points. Because Rams, if I'm going to lose a money line bet, I'd rather them not cover either. It stings when you take money line, you try to get aggressive, and then they cover but don't win. That stings. I actually thought the Rams will play the Lions in that game. Uh, so Rams money line did not hit. Matt Stafford did go over 272.5 passing yards. Uh, and then Monday was bad. It went 1-3 overall Monday. Bills did cover. Uh, but Mason Rudolph went over his passing yards total. I did get a bad number on that because I made that bet before the change uh, due to the weather, but even with the new number, uh, he still went over that. So that would have been a loser regardless. Uh, over 44 between the Bucks and Eagles was on pace at halftime. That lost, and Mike Evans, a couple key drops, kept him from going over 66.5 rushing yards. So 7-5 and five overall, plus 1.43 units. So still a profitable weekend. I will not complain about that. Um, not as hot as I was in, in the wildcard round last year, uh, but hopefully I kind of make up for it uh, this week. Um, or, I mean, placing three bets and bets on every game might just end up being a disaster. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, the Dolphins. I do want to talk to people who the Dolphins lose this game and now all of a sudden people are questioning Mike McDaniel as a head coach, questioning Tua as a quarterback. Let's just relax after one playoff loss. And this actually, funny enough, it actually kind of goes, I have a similar feeling about the Cowboys as well. Losing in the NFL playoffs, in my opinion, isn't a situation where you scrap everything and start over. 
I think more than other sports now, if you're in the NHL like my Maple Leafs who have great regular seasons and then lose in the playoffs, I think losing the playoffs is more important than other sports because you're playing a best of seven series, best of five series uh, uh, in the divisional uh, round of the uh, MLB playoffs. One and done games in the NFL, while it makes for some great upsets and some great moments and some, you know, electric games, um, I just don't think it's a good way to evaluate teams. Now, to be fair, it's, I mean, the Cowboys are what, one playoff, one and four, one and three in their last handful of years in the playoffs. Not good. But this is the first uh, playoff game Tua has played in. Only the second one, Mike McDaniel, was the coach in. Don't forget last year is Skylar Thompson, and they still almost beat the Bills. Let's relax with the Dolphins. Stop this, you know, they're not tough enough to play uh, to win a Super Bowl. They're still a very good team. The metrics backed it up. They were a very, very good regular season team. Even when they lost to teams with the winning records, the games were close. If there was one issue, uh, it would be they got to maybe win their division and maybe even get the one seed. Because playing in the cold, I thought people were overvaluing that. I thought people were uh, being really stupid to be completely honest to buy uh, to only bet on the chiefs because oh they're from miami they can't play in the cold turns out that's the only thing you had to do in that game was handicap that so um i overthought it i tried to big brain it and, and and it blew up in my face so that was my bad on that one i was dead wrong about that but overall especially the slander about Tua. Tua was an mvp candidate the entire season he loses one playoff game where yeah he doesn't play well and all of a sudden people are saying he's not the guy relax you can't win the Super Bowl every year, especially a team as young as the Dolphins, especially with a head coach as young and, quite frankly, inexperienced as Mike McDaniel. Only two years uh, head coaching, only two playoff games. So let's pump the brakes. The Dolphins are going to be fine. I actually don't even hate it. And now Cowboys are bringing back Mike McCarthy. Now I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy guy, but I just I, – I can – Maybe it's just because it's not happening to my teams, but I can just forgive teams losing the NFL playoffs. It's just so hard to win these one-and-done games. Like, if the Cowboys play the Packers in a best-of-seven series, do they lose? I don't think it's even close. I think they win in five or win in six. Unfortunately, they pulled the short straw this time and lost. So I'm fine with these playoff teams uh, bringing everyone back. Um, looks like Bill Belichick's going to sign to the Falcons now because if uh, now that uh, the Cowboys are bringing back Mike McCarthy, I need to slowly start to accept the reality I might be living in that Bill Belichick, who was my biggest enemy, he was 1B, Tom Brady was 1A for my entire life. I've told this story before, my very first football game, my dad was a Rams fan, the very first football game I watched was Tom Brady and the Patriots' first Super Bowl win against the Rams in 2001, or whatever year that was. The coach who led the biggest comeback of all time against my team in the Super Bowl might be now coaching my team. I just now need to start processing what my actual feelings about that are. I don't know if I'm going to be excited. I don't think I'm going to know how I feel about it until it's officially announced. And even then, I still think I need to take time to process it and figure it out. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be happy about it. I don't know if I'm going to be excited. I don't know if I'm going to be pissed. I don't know if I'm going to be disgusted. I don't know. I'm going to have to cross that bridge when I get to it. But now, with Mike McCarthy returning to the Cowboys, which is the other obvious landing spot for Bill Belichick, Falcons are like big-time favorites at the places who post odds for where Bill Bel Belichick's going to go. Falcons are a big-time favorite. I need to start thinking about it, and I don't want to. But it's looking like it could be a reality. We'll see. We'll see how all that goes. 
Um, but yeah, this is the divisional round. Uh, how many games do we have left to bet on? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven games, seven NFL games to bet on until next fall. This season went by in a flash. Uh, so yeah, once again, for the divisional round, I have my best bet for all four games. I have a my favorite player prop for all four games and my favorite anytime touchdown bet for all four games. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, please uh, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, that really helps me out. And also, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, rate and review it. Uh, all that good stuff uh, helps me out as well. Um, also, um, last thing, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, I interviewed Kirk Cousins today uh, for the uh, for Fansided, for the Stacking the Box YouTube page. Um, that will be up tomorrow morning, I believe, at 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, so check that out. I made my personal plea to him, uh, to sign with the Falcons this off season. So, uh, check that out. We'll, uh, and you'll see how he reacted to that. Um, also talk to him about, uh, why scoring is down across the NFL this year. Why specifically the passing game and passing touchdown numbers are down, um, over the past handful of years. I also asked him if he was aware of the Kirk Cousins curse, where not a single team that Kirk Cousins has beaten the regular season has gone on to play in the Super Bowl. I talked to him about that. It was a pretty fun Pretty short interview, about 10 minutes. Uh, so if you're listening to this after 9 a.m. Eastern uh, on Thursday, then check out the Stacking the Box YouTube page. That is where that interview will live. Um, all right, let's get into it. My best bets for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Um, yeah, this is the divisional round episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Ooh, did Daisy's meow just, just come up on the microphone? Daisy, do you have anything to say before we get going? Nope, and she's walking away. All right, let's get into it. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, let's get into it. We're going to start off with, of course, the Houston Texans because they have signed some kind of contract with the NFL and with the networks that air the games that when they're in the playoffs, they will be playing the first game on Saturday. I guess it's not just a wild card weekend thing. I guess it carries over to, to uh, the divisional round as well. Um, I guess it also makes sense. I think the two number one seeds have to play. Uh, on Saturday since they already got a week off. So we're going to start off with the Texans against the Ravens. Now, this is the only bet that has significantly moved since I locked it in. I actually locked in these bets uh, Tuesday morning because I had to get my uh, uh, article up on BetSided written then. Um, but thankfully, the other three games, either the line moved against me or the line hasn't moved much. The line in this one has moved. Um, I took the under 45 and a half, uh, between the Texans and the Ravens. This has moved down two points down to 43 and a half. Uh, so I still like the under, but if the total was at 43 and a half, I will just be completely transparent. If it's at 43 and a half, when I locked in these bets, I think instead I would go with Texans and the points. Uh, my pick is my pick. I locked in at 45 and a half. If you're looking for, you know, Right now, which way I'd suggest you go. I'd lean slightly more towards Texans and the points, but still, I, I do still like the under uh, at 43.5. I wouldn't go much lower than that, though. Um, the main reason why I both like the under and I would like the Texans to cover, because this is actually kind of a stylistic nightmare uh, for the Baltimore Ravens in this game. 
Um, we all know this, or at least you should know this, or if you don't know this, you now know this. No team runs the football more than the Baltimore Ravens. 50.28% of their offensive plays that are called are running plays. Um, now they take on a Texans team whose biggest strength, uh, at least defensively, is stopping the run. Uh, it was a big reason why, if you remember last week, I took Jerome Ford under rushing yards. Texans heading into this week, second in opponent yards per carry, giving up 3.5 yards per rush, sixth in opponent rush EPA, first in opponent rush success rate. So they are, in my opinion, a top three uh, run defense in the NFL. Depends on what stat you look at. I mean, number two in opponent yards per carry, which is a straightforward stat, number uh, one in opponent rush success rate. So they are very, very good at running the football. A nightmare matchup for the Ravens is a team that can both air it out against them uh against their defense um and kind of attack their secondary even though their secondary is pretty strong but more importantly a team that can stop the run unfortunately for them this is i'm just trying to think of all the teams that are left yeah it is the bucks have a pretty good run defense too obviously they wouldn't see the bucks into the super bowl um but definitely in the afc the best run defense left is the texans um and the, they are the best run defense left in the playoffs the buccaneers would be close second Everyone else, they they should be able to run the ball on easily. Even the 49ers uh, have, you know, an average to below average run defense, not the Texans, though. So this game does actually kind of concern me a little bit for the Ravens. It is why if I were to take a, to take a spread, I would take the points. But I got the under at 45.5 because uh, the strength of the Ravens is their secondary. And that is also uh, what the Texans uh, do quite a bit. 72.1% of the offensive yards gained by the Texans. So they actually, in terms of plays called, they do it a little bit more 50-50, but they have a lot more success uh, throwing the football. 72.1% of their offensive yards gained coming through the air is the second highest mark in the NFL in terms of passing yards percentage. Uh, and now they face a Ravens team that has the best secondary in the league, in my opinion. First in opponent yards per pass attempt, second in opponent dropback EPA, fourth in opponent dropback success rate. So for both teams, we have the strength of both offenses are going up against the perfect defense to shut that down. Texans have a great run defense, can shut down what the Ravens do well and do a lot. And the Ravens secondary can shut down what the Texans do very well, which is throw the football. So... With all that being said, I like the under. Their game, this is a rematch of the week one game. I think it was 26-9 to was the final score, which obviously the under hit in that one. Now, obviously, we need to take that game a little bit with a grain of salt. It's week one. It's a long time ago, and obviously, that was C.J. Stroud's first game uh, in the NFL. Him and the Texans have only gotten better as the season has gone, gone on. I mean, they lost to the Falcons in like week four, week five. So let's not judge the Texans too harshly for some early season results. Um, also, uh, to support the under a little bit further, uh, you can toss in the fact that the two defenses rank inside the top eight in opponent third down conversion rate and both in the top half in the NFL and red zone defense. Uh, so two good thir third down defenses, two good red zone defenses, strengths de defenses going up against strengths offenses, all that put together. I like the under. Um, and it was a good play. Uh, pat myself on the back. I mean, I got two points of CLV between Monday morning and now. Um, so I will certainly uh, take it. Under 45 and a half between the Texans and Ravens. Like I said, still like the under. If you're looking for a play on the side, I like the Texans. Generally, if I think it's going to be two uh, good matchups for the two defenses, I think it's going to be closer than a nine and a half point spread indicates. My player props for this game. I'm just going to tackle each game at once. Um, so I'll just go, uh, my favorite side slash total, 
Um, and then I'll just give my player prop and touchdown, and then we'll just we'll just do one game at a time here and get it all out of the way. Uh, my favorite player prop, it's the same thing that I did with Jerome Ford last week. Uh, if it worked last week, let's do it again. So I'm going to take the Ravens starting running back and take the under on his rushing yards total. So that is Gus Edwards under 50 and a half rushing yards is what I got of that minus 115. Uh, yeah, Texans run defense. I already talked about it. Uh, Gus Edwards has only played over 50% of snaps once uh, since week 10. Uh, so obviously Justice Hill is there as well. We'll get a couple of carries. Dalvin Cook, I believe, is there. Is he going to dress? Um, Dalvin Cook might steal a carry or two. Um, nope. Looks like they already waived him. That did not... 53 minutes ago, an article came... Oh, no, that's sorry. That's Melvin Gordon they waived. Obviously, they waived him if they brought in uh, Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, I, I'm assuming Dalvin Cook's going to get a carry or two. Maybe that'll steal uh, a carry or two away from Gus Edwards. Um, and Gus Edwards, even if he does just hit a season average, a season average of rushing yards per game is 47.6. That's under the set total of 50 and a half so Gus Edwards under 50 and a half rushing yards let's hope that it hits as easy as the under for Jerome Ford did last weekend my favorite touchdown uh score is gonna be Zay Flowers plus 163 is the price tag I got him at I believe I got that at Bet Rivers if I can double check that for you uh and definitely with the touchdown scores I mean I always preach have uh accounts at as many sports books as you possibly can and every time you place a bet, you should be comparing the odds to make sure you get the best ones possible. No market, in my opinion, is that more um, important than touchdown scores. Uh, a few of these touchdown scores, uh, one in the Chiefs-Bills game that I'll get to, some wildly different odds across sports books. Uh, so if I can remember as I go on, I'll let you know where I got the touchdown scores specifically. Prop bets, generally, I mean, you're giving up a yard or two depending, depending on where you bet. Um, and spreads and totals are generally going to be pretty close to the same, but touchdown scores, huge difference. I did get Zay Flowers here at Bet Rivers at plus 163. He's like as short as I think plus 125 at some places. Uh, I think he can, and the Ravens in general can and probably should attack the Texans through the air. The Texans give up seven yards per pass attempt this season. Uh, and Zay Flowers has 44 more targets than any other pass catcher for the Ravens. Only Mark Andrews has more receiving touchdowns. Obviously, if Mark Andrews was healthy all year, uh, he probably would have more targets. But if we're just talking wideouts, Zay Flowers is the clear number one wideout on this team. Um, and with the weakness of the Texans being their secondary, I think that's where the Ravens should and will attack them. So I like the rookie finding the end zone at plus 163. That's it for Texans and Ravens. Let's move on to Saturday night. It is the Packers against the 49ers. It feels like these two teams play against each other in the playoffs all the time. Uh, and for my bet in terms of a side, I'm going to lay the points with the 49ers. Now, one thing that I want to say um, that is important, both in this game and in the Ravens-Texans game, even though if I were to pick a side, I, I would take the Texans. Be careful of falling for like a sh like don't fall for a short term memory. This happens all the time in the NFL because we only see teams play one game a week. Um, it happens even more importantly in the playoffs. Texans had a big win against the Browns. Packers had a big win against the um, Cowboys. Now they're both basically either double digit underdogs or nine and a half point underdogs. And people are now hammering those two teams because they're only thinking of last week's performance, which to be fair looked very impressive for both teams. Let's look at the full sample size of the season for both teams. 
Texans, I mean, I'm going against what I said I would have taken the Texans, but the Texans lost some ugly games. Lost to the Panthers, lost to the Falcons. Uh, Packers just got beat up a couple times late in the season that it seems like people have just all of a sudden forgotten. People are starting to talk about the Packers like they're a Super Bowl contender. They are not a Super Bowl contender, my friend. The Packers lost to the Buccaneers by like 30 points like four weeks ago. Um, beat the Bears, beat the Vikings, but then before that, they barely beat the Panthers. 33-30. I don't think any team scored more points against uh, the Panther or against... I don't think the Panthers scored more points against any other team more than the Packers. They scored 30 points against the Packers. Lost 34-20 to the Bucks. Lost 24-22 to the Giants. Let's can remember this Packers team is more than just last week's win against the Cowboys. That's all I'm trying to say. And the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. At the very least, the best offense in the NFL. You can make the argument that the Ravens are a more balanced team. Their defense is better than the 49ers defense, but the 49ers offense is the best in the NFL. They finished the season first in net yards per play at plus 1.6, first in EPA per play, first in offensive success rate, Uh, And now they take on a Packers defense that's 20th in opponent yards per play, 23rd in opponent EPA per play, 26th in opponent success rate. The Packers can win this game. Obviously, anything is possible. But I think for the Packers to win this game, they need to play just about as perfect of an offensive game as you possibly can. They need to score on just about every single drive and hope that they force a turnover or two. Because the 49ers offense against this Packers defense... Unless they have an F game, unless they have a game where they're just things are not clicking and things are bad. If they play like they normally do, the 49ers are going to score 35 points on this Packers defense at least. Now, if the Packers can match that and score on just as many drives against a much better defense, then yeah, they can keep it tight. I don't think they will. I think the 49ers kind of wipe the floor with them. I just don't think there's any team in the NFC. I think the only team that could actually match with the 49ers was the Cowboys, and now they're out. I think the 49ers waltz to the Super Bowl. I think they wax the Packers, and then I think they wax either the Lions or the Buccaneers. Now, do they win the Super Bowl? Uh, That's tough, because whoever they're going to face there is going to be a tough matchup for them. Um, But I think they're a significant step above the rest of the competition in, in the NFC. So... Shout out to the Packers. Great season for them. Youngest, I think, youngest team, if not youngest team, youngest offense. You want a playoff game? It ends here. Hitting the road against this 49ers team is a tall, tall task. I will lay the points. This is the line that moved against me. I got them at minus 10, minus 105. It's down to nine and a half. So you're getting you're getting a better number if you decide to bet on the 49ers uh, than I am. But like I said, the biggest difference maker, in my opinion, is the Packers defense. I just don't think they can do enough to keep this game close 49ers minus 10 minus 105 my favorite player prop for this game is Debo Samuel let's see if this is can fit into the graphic here probably not well, let me just take out let me take out Samuel Debo over 79 and a half rushing and receiving yards did it fit yes look at that uh, his production increased as the season went on, um, and the Packers stink both stopping the run and stopping the pass, so I'm going to take the over on the guy who can do both and take the over on the combined number of his rushing and receiving yards. If the Packers were a good run defense but couldn't stop the pass, I'd probably take the over on like a guy like Brandon Ayuk. Uh, if the Packers 
We're a terrible run defense, but could stop the pass. I'll probably take the over on McCaffrey rushing yards. Um, I looked at McCaffrey over rushing receiving yards, but I think it's like 130 and a half. A little too steep for me to, to pay that price. Uh, so I'm going to go Debo Samuel um, over 79 and a half rushing and receiving yards uh, and hope that he can kind of attack this Packers defense. He was pretty quiet to start the year, but he kind of picked things up as the season went on. I think he's going to play a big role in the 49ers offense on Saturday night. So Debo Samuel over 79 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And then for my touchdown, I'm going to go with the Packer and go with Aaron Jones. I think he's just a must bet. This These odds aren't going to get you out of bed in the morning. It's only plus 110. Uh, specifically, yeah, now Aaron Jones' odds for touchdowns are pretty much the same across the board. Uh, but in terms of the sports books regulated in New York, I got that at points bet. That was the best price. Most other places are like plus 105 or even money. I think DraftKings was like minus 110. Don't bet at the DraftKings. Um, but yeah, he has now had, is it three or four straight games of at least 110, uh, rushing yards. Uh, he's coming off a dominant performance. I placed a bet. I didn't tell anyone about it. I placed a bet on him to finish with the most rushing yards and wildcard weekend at seven to one that hit. Um, that was uh, kind of a nice one to hit. Doesn't count for my official record. I didn't give it out, but just a side bet I sprinkled on. Um, I think he's, I think he's the key to beating the 49ers as well. I, th I think the Packers will be smart to run the ball a lot because that's actually where the 49ers are the weakest. 49ers are 26th in opponent EPA per rush, 24th in opponent rush success rate. Jones has also been getting a ton of carries, over 20 carries in the past four or five games, over 110 yards, I think, in the last four games now, um, if not last four, last three uh he is everyone's talking about jordan love but aaron jones um has been unbelievable the past few weeks so as we're still getting plus money on him to score a touchdown he found the end zone three times last week i think this is a fantastic bet i think it's a must bet uh as of wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Today, Wednesday, AJ Dillon still didn't practice, so it might just be Aaron Jones um, all day um, against the 49ers as well. So, yeah, Aaron Jones. Once again, plus 110 is not going to get you too excited, but I think it's a great bet even at that price. Um, all right, we are halfway through the games. Uh, I'll take a quick break and I'll come back and talk uh, the two Sunday games. Be right back. The divisional round episode of the Bacon Bets podcast continues. All right, let's keep things moving. It is Sunday's game starting off with the NFC showdown between the Buccaneers and the Lions, and I hate to do this, um, but I need to bet on the Buccaneers, unfortunately. Um, I took them plus six minus 105. This is another line that has moved against me. You can get a better line now. It is now up to six and a half. Um, and I hate to do this because I love the lines in the sense that I, I would love to see them win. I've had some Lions fans reach out to me that are mad at me because I've, I've bet against them. I think I picked like the under on their win total or something this season as well. And I've, I've been betting against them the past little bit. Listen. Who I bet on or against is separate from who I'm cheering for. And I don't think there's any better example in this game. I would love to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Yucks from the NFC South, one of the Falcons' rivals, 
get their asses kicked this game. Unfortunately, I can't bet based on who I want to win or lose. I need to bet based on my handicapping process. And based on my handicapping process, I think the Buccaneers cover this spread. Now, with that being said, if this does open the window of the Lions winning by five or fewer points. And then no one's happier than me. Because then the Lions win, the Bucks lose, and I win my bet. So let's root for that. But at the end of the day... I just can't lay this many points on a Lions team with this defense. Their defense is atrocious. Yes, they managed to beat the Lions, but in that game, they gave up 7.7 yards per play, 9.4 yards per pass attempt. The Rams averaged almost 10 yards per throw, not per completion, per throw. Now, luckily for them, Sean McVay had one of the worst in-game coaching jobs, and I don't think Sean McVay has been getting enough shit for this. One of the worst in-game coaching jobs I've ever seen. Uh, the Rams went 0-3 in the red zone uh, in terms of touchdowns, held to a field goal every time, kicked a field goal every time. Um, play calling in the red zone was atrocious. Uh, the Rams got the ball back with one minute left in the second half with all three of their timeouts, and they just ran the ball and then just went into halftime. You're averaging 10 yards per throw. You've been torching one of the worst defenses in the NFL all game. You have all three of your timeouts. You have Matt Stafford, Cooper, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. And instead of trying to go score before half and then get the ball back again in the second half, you run the ball a couple times and waste out the clock. One of the worst coaching decisions I've seen in my life, to be completely honest. Now, the Lions did enough to win the game. They shut down the Rams in the red zone 0-3, and they went 3-3 in the red zone themselves. Good for them. Um, I'm happy for the city of Detroit. Um, but I'm just making my case for why I can't lay six, six and a half points on this team. Their defense is the worst defense left in the playoffs. They're 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt this season, 25th in both opponent dropback EPA and dropback success rate. And now they take on a receiving core of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Kate Otten, who is the most underrated tight end in the NFL. Obviously, the question about any Buccaneers game is whether or not the good version of Baker Mayfield shows up or the bad version of him. He is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of quarterback. Uh, when he's bad, he's bad. When he's great, like he was on Monday night against the Eagles, he is great. If the great version shows up, the Lions might win, might lose this game outright, to be completely honest. If I was a Lions fan, I would be very, very concerned about their defense. Now, one other thing I will say to keep an eye on in this game is the Lions red zone offense. I just mentioned how they beat the Rams because they went 3-3, three 3-4-3 three, uh, three three in the red zone against the Rams. Now, uh, and all season they've been doing this, second best red zone offense in the NFL. They score a touchdown on 65.67% of their red zone trips. But now they face a Buccaneers defense that's third in the league in red zone defense. They keep teams to scoring a touchdown on just 42.86% of their red zone trips. If the Buccaneers can force the Lions to kick field goals instead of touchdowns, the Buccaneers will be in this game, and they might just win this game outright. Um, it is kind of crazy to think if the Buccaneers win and the Packers win, the NFC Championship game will be in Tampa Bay. Could have been the Falcons. Who knows? Um, I'm not going to predict that, though. I will take the six points with the Buccaneers, though. For me to lay almost a touchdown worth of points in the playoffs, I need the defense to be at least be competent, and the Lions' defense is bad. So... Uh, give me the uh, give me the Bucks, plus six minus one hundred five in terms of some player props for this game. 
I'm going to do a similar one that I did for the Buccaneers last week, but at this time I'm going to take Chris Godwin over 59 and a half receiving yards. Uh, it is 10 yards less than Mike Evans receiving yards total, who uh, is at 69 and a half at most sports books. Um, but he actually had more catches than Mike Evans this weekend. So I think, or this season. So I actually think we're getting a little bit uh, of value here on Chris Godwin over Evans. And also, like I just said, the Lions gave up 9.4 yards per pass attempt against the Rams. So Go ahead and pick a line or a, a Buccaneers pass catcher. Take the over on their yards, and you're probably going to be in a pretty good spot. For my touchdown score for this game, uh, I will take Josh Reynolds oh, uh, to score a touchdown. Plus 340. This is a bet that you certainly want to shop around at. Um, I bet this at points bet at plus 340. Ooh, the odds have actually already moved down a points bet to 3-1. to one. Um, let me see as of right now, live update where the best odds for Josh Reynolds to score is, um, Josh Reynolds. And I'm just going to kind of go based off of, uh, the books that are legal here in or regulated here in New York. Yeah. You're getting a plus 300, still a points bet. Uh, actually it's the better, the best price now is actually FanDuel plus 320, which most of you will have access to. Um, but this is why I'm saying shop around. FanDuel plus 320, Bet Rivers plus 205. That's a massive difference. Um, I don't have any offshore books here on the list. Like Bet 365 plus 250. Like these touchdown markets uh, can vary quite a bit from player to player, um, from book to book. So I got him at plus 340. Um, I'd much rather bet Josh Reynolds to score for the Lions at plus 340 than I would at, uh, on Amon Ross St. Brown at around even money. Uh, Reynolds is, uh, had only two fewer targets and receptions than St. Brown did last week. Uh, his snap percentage over the past couple weeks has gone up in a big way. He played a season-high 88% of snaps in Week 17 um, and 86% of snaps last week. So he is uh, the true clear number two receiver, and he's actually being treated as a true two number receiver in the passing game. Uh, so I think there's a ton of value here on a true number two receiver to find the end zone at plus 340 or the best price as of recording this plus 320 over at FanDuel. And then let's move on to the final game. It is the game of the weekend. It is once again, the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, I looked into this this week. These teams have played um, in Kansas City the last six meetings, which is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, the uh, Chiefs have beat the Bills twice in the playoffs now. It seems like the Bills have their number in the regular season, but when it's gotten to the playoffs, the Chiefs have won. Obviously, the most recent example is uh, the 13-second game. Mahomes uh, went down and, and led a uh, game-tying field goal with 30, uh, 13 seconds left. Um, this is a game where I might just be betting my heart instead of my head not in the sense that i'm betting on the bills because i want them to win because i hope the bills win this game by 50 points but i'm deviating from my normal strategy which is just bet the metrics i'm not falling for this trap again it is stupid it is square it is shallow in the sense it doesn't take much deep thought but i will not be betting against patrick mahomes when he's an underdog again i'm sorry i won't do it I love the Bills. I'm cheering for the Bills. I will willfully lose this bet if it means the Bills can win this game. I much would rather see the Bills in the AFC Championship than the Chiefs. But I'm not falling for this trap of betting against Patrick Mahomes. He has some kind of voodoo magic where he spins and runs and throws. And at the end of the day, the Chiefs will be in the game. At The, the Chiefs will be in it at the end of the game, if not win it. 
at the end of the game. So I will. I have no interest laying two and a half points on any team playing against the Chiefs. That's not true. If, they, if the Ravens play them next week, I'll lay the points on the Ravens. Um, but the Bills just seem like a team that just can't get out of their own way, and the Chiefs are the complete opposite. The Chiefs are going to take advantage of a team that can't get out of, out of their own way. And to be fair, there are some metrics actually to back up the Chiefs. For example, the Chiefs actually outranked the Bills in net yards per play this season, plus 0.8 to plus 0.5. Um, and even in their Week 14 loss to the Bills, uh, the Chiefs actually outgained them 5.6 yards per play to 4.5 yards per play. Uh, Josh Allen struggled in that game. He completed just 20 through four, 23 of 42 passes for 4.6 yards per throw. Um, this Chiefs secondary is like the a top three secondary. I think the best three secondaries in the NFL right now are the Ravens. I say right now, Browns are obviously eliminated. Ravens, Browns, and Chiefs. I think if the Bills, for them to win the game, they need to do what they did against the Cowboys and just run the ball every single play, but I don't think they're going to do that. They didn't do it against the Chiefs earlier in the year. They made Josh Allen throw the ball 42 times. I don't think they're going to do it this time. And you have to have concerns about the Bills' defense. The Bills' defense is banged up, and the Bills' defense just let the Pittsburgh Steelers gain 324 yards of total offense against them. That's not a promising sign. So this is actually me kind of betting with my brain a little bit. Because my heart wants to take the Bills. Like I said, I will actually be happy if I lose this bet because it means the Bills win the game. Now, the dream scenario would be the Bills win by one or two points. Then I'm laughing. I, I can't, I, I, if I lay the points of the Bills, I'm going to feel like an absolute moron at the end of the game when the Chiefs win on a last-second field goal. Or the Bills are driving to win the game and Josh Allen throws a pick. I, there's just the... If I bet if I bet on the Chiefs, I'm not going to feel like a moron at the end of the game no matter what. If I bet on the Bills and it doesn't win, I will feel like a goddamn idiot. Not doing it. Give me the two and a half points of the Chiefs. I got it at plus 105 odds. Uh, it's mostly plus money. It hasn't, I don't think it's moved to three to any books yet. A uh, couple it has. Points bet it's at three. Oh yeah, it has at, at probably half of them it's at three. So you can either get the, when I bet it on Monday morning, the three wasn't an option. It was all plus two and a half, so plus money. You still have that option. Caesars is plus two and a half at even money. Um, for some reason, Betstamp isn't showing what BetMGM has it at. They have it at plus three, minus 120, so that's another three. Um, it's actually plus three most regulated books now. FanDuel... FanDuel plus two and a half. So you can either get two and a half at even money or three at like minus 120. It's up to you. I got a plus two and a half plus 105. So I got a touch, a, a little touch of CLV based on where it closes. 1.2%. Uh, my player props for this game. Uh, I will be betting on the Bills, uh, or at least a Bills player for one of them. It is James Cook. I will take James Cook over his rushing yards. Like I said, I think the path to victory for James or for the Bills is to just ride James Cook uh, because the Chiefs' weakness is their run defense. Chiefs are 23rd in opponent yards per carry, 28th in opponent rush EPA, and 17th in opponent rush success rate. In their matchup er earlier this season, uh, the uh, James Cook averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Um, now the issue is only got 10 carries. Hopefully the Bills see that. Hopefully the Bills see that they had success running the ball against the Chiefs and just do it all game. 
And if they do, in a sense, this bet's kind of a hedge on my Chiefs bet because I think the path to success for the Bills is for them to run the football. So if they run the football really well and beat the Chiefs, I'll win this bet and I'll lose the Chiefs bet. So it is a little bit of a hedge on that. Um, but yeah, I like James Cook over 61 and a half rushing yards. My favorite touchdown bet. It's the longest shot of the show, saving the best for last. Uh, and I bet you this is going to be a popular one this week. Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown, plus 600. Now, this is one absolutely you should shop around. And if you need to sign up for more sports books, go click my Road to 72 Bets article on BetSided and click a link in there. So uh, we get some kickback to uh, BetSided slash FanSided. Don't just sign up. Click one of the promo links. I don't have a personal one, so go click on one of my articles to make me look good for my boss. 6-1 to one at FanDuel. I'm sure all of you have a FanDuel account. FanDuel actually has the best odds on the market for Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown. But there is a huge difference. Let me see. Uh, Got to do it at least once a show. Let me minimize myself here. Let's look at the market for Mahomes to score a touchdown. This is Betstamp. Uh, you can see all the odds for all the different sports books. Um, FanDuel right there, actual met best market price. FanDuel six to one, but as low as Caesar's Sportsbook plus three twenty. So those are, for example, this is a great example because these are two regular, actually, Bet99, which I don't even know where that's, I'm guessing Canada. Yeah, that is a Canadian book. Um, this, well, I'm not talking about odds differences between regulated books and offshore books. Two regulated, well-known books that are legal in the state of New York where I have accounts at two of them. If I only had an account at Caesar Sportsbook and I was placing all my bets on there, I'd be betting on Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown at plus 320. Whereas, because I have accounts at other sports books, I can look and there's a plus 450, plus 550, plus 450 again. Oh, plus 600. Obviously, I'm going to bet more money there. Now, if you if you are just for to make things simple, if you're someone who bets, if your unit size is $100. And you bet it at Caesars instead of FanDuel. And it wins. You just left $280 on the table. Once again, if you were to bet this at plus 320 instead of plus 600 when both are readily available, and let's not even say $100, let's say a $50 unit, you're leaving. Oh, God, now I have to do mental math. What's half of 280? One. 90 you're leaving one no 140 you're leaving a hundred and that took me way too long to figure out you're leaving a hundred and forty dollars on the table if you place 50 dollar bets folks have as many accounts as as at many different sports books as possible get the best price possible especially in the touchdown market now allow me to explain why i like patrick mahomes to score a touchdown if i can just whoop there we go back up Number one, great price. Six to one when most other places even have it, you know, plus 320 was, was the extreme, but most of them were like plus 400, plus 425. If you can, if it's still at six to one, a fan duel, just based on price alone, you got to bet it. Number two, he generally runs more in the postseason. Most quarterbacks do because you got to put your health at the line a little bit more. You're a lot more desperate. It's winner go home. You're instead of throwing the ball away, guys are taking off with their legs more often. Number three, he has played 15 playoff games. He has scored a rushing touchdown in five of them. Now, obviously, that is a very small sample size, but it is worth noting. Obviously, 
five touchdowns in 15 playoff games. That means he has so far scored a rushing touchdown in 33% of the playoff games he has played in. Implied probability of him scoring at plus 600 is 14.29%. So yes, small sample size, obviously, you know, not the be-all, end-all, but based on that sample size, we're able to bet on something that has a 33% chance of happening at odds that have an implied probability of 14.29%. That is what I would call expected value. Obviously, for the big sports betting nerds out there, I'm basing it off a 15-game sample size. You know, it's obviously he's probably not going to score a rushing touchdown on 33% of his playoff games for the rest of his career, but it is just worth noting and to kind of display the fact that I think we're getting great value if that 6-1 to price is still available. And as of me saying these words, that price is still available. Will it be available Thursday morning? I don't know. I can't tell the future. All I can do is based, all I can do is talk about the information I have right now. So there you go. That was my final, that's my final play of the divisional round, Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown. So let's just go ahead and quickly recap all of my plays here. For the Texans game, I have the under 45 and a half at minus 105. You can play the under at 43 and a half, the current line, or take the points with the Texans. If I had to bet aside, that's what I'd do. I also like Gus Edwards under 50 and a half rushing yards. I like Zay Flowers to score a touchdown at plus 163. I like the 49ers, minus 10. You can get it at a better number, minus 9.5. I like Debo Samuel, over 79.5 rushing plus receiving yards. I like uh, Aaron Jones, anytime touchdown, plus 110. I like Buccaneers, plus 6. You can get it at plus 6.5 now. I like Chris Godwin, over 59.5 receiving yards. I like Josh Reynolds, anytime touchdown, at plus 340. I got Chiefs plus two and a half, plus 105. You can get plus three, minus 120 if you prefer that. Um, and also I got James Cook over 61 and a half rushing yards and Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown, six to one. Um, let's see if we can have another winning week. Uh, I got a little aggressive here with adding in prop bets and anytime touchdown bets, uh, but let's hope that works in our favor. If we can cash either one of Mahomes or Reynolds, kind of the two big long shots I have in here, that would be just dandy. That'd be dandy. Let's cash both. Screw it. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Um, I will, of course, be back uh, next week um, to talk con uh, conference championship weekend. Also, just to let you guys know, I don't know if I brought this up on this podcast or not yet, um, but I'm toying with the idea of having a daily live stream during the week at 6 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and on YouTube. Uh, to give all my picks leading up to uh, tip-off and, and puck drop of most games, which start at 7 p.m. So it'd be like a, a last-second, you know, review of all my bets and talk to you guys about your plays. So after the football season, I'm thinking about that being a daily thing uh, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and, and on YouTube. If that is something that might interest you, uh, let me know. Uh, I know uh, my friend DGen has his, I think it starts at 11 or 10.30 in the morning. Uh, and I know, uh, like book it with Trent and those guys do them during the day. I don't think there's anyone who does them an hour leading up to kickoff slash tip off slash puck drop at 6 PM Eastern. So, um, I might try to do it then. I think it'd be fun to, to start doing some live streams. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. If that sounds like a good idea, or if you have any other suggestions, uh, send me a DM on Twitter. My, uh, Twitter DMS are open. Uh, best of luck with all your bets this weekend. Uh, Gamblor bless. Um, enjoy the games. Uh, like, subscribe, rate and review, all that good stuff. And I'll talk to you all next week.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.